This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to this PowerCat podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode of the PowerCat podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast network. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com. We cover the Wildcats like no one else with our VIP customers enjoying one-of-a-kind coverage from our team of professional journalists. And sign up today for an annual subscription to GPC and grab a 30% discount on your first year. And now here's the PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Insiders Podcast. We're inside the WTC gig-powered studios. Tim Fitzgerald, Kellis Robinette of the Kansas City Star, Wichita Eagle, actually Wichita Eagle, Kansas City Star. Let's get that right. Matt Walters of that radio thing, the man who broadcasts all day Saturday when the Cats play. Saturdays are somewhat long, but still usually pretty entertaining. And Ryan Black, the man from the South. That is me. Uh, I will just turn to Kellis for one second. I think he would tell you Wichita Eagle comes first. I think that's actually who's on his paychecks. Still. Yes. So. That's such a weird setup. Right? Yeah. Wow. And uh, my editors are in Kansas City. So. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go figure. Manhattan Mercury <laughs> or Ryan Black. That's me. Uh, and I want to start here, boys. Oh, we're sponsored by Commerce. Bank. Um, <laughs> a little bit off my game today. We're sponsored by Commerce Bank. Matt, do your thing. Commerce Bank has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your way. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. Back to you, Fitz. <laughs> um, I want something to read next week. Oh, Can we'll we give you up? something. I'll hand it to you. Okay. We've got a second read. You could do it this week. I want to start with you because this okay, is yeah, your second Year of covering K State, correct? Well, second and a, a second full year. Right. Remember, I joined the middle of twenty seventeen. That's so right. second full year. But football. Yes. Did you notice a difference in Saturday's game? Not the on the field game, the experience than what you had seen before. Oh, uh, do you mean just specifically from like my perspective as a media member, or if I kind of take my step a step back and try to like experience more of like how the fans are? A little, little both. A little both. Yeah. Well, I, I well, I mean, geez, the first thing I have to say is that man, you know, just all the the pregame hip hop music was something that you know was not a thing last year, and, and I know some people maybe think we we make too much of of the music, but uh, certainly I think it's what a lot of the players like. I know they were very much into it. Uh, you know, I would say that was at least the biggest noticeable difference. You know, I was certainly kind of keeping track of, of which songs they were playing. Uh, I really personally, I, I liked the entrance thing with uh, Jordy Nelson, you know, the Riley County yeah. star who's now retired from the NFL and someone that we at the Mercury uh, write about a good bit. Can I throw in something um, right there? Please, yeah, please. What I thought was humorous about all that okay. was that Jordy was holding the door open. Yeah, he was a gl- uh, glorified doorman. They should have tipped him. He doesn't yeah. need tips. Well, I know, but I don't know. he's a... doing fine. Sorry, sorry about that. He'll <laughs> yeah, muddle yeah. through. Why is Jordy the one holding the door open? 
I, yeah, well, see, I actually thought what was going to happen was he was going to lead the team on the field as some kind of like you know uh, celebrity um, mm-hmm. entrance person. I, and so, like I said, I was a little bit surprised that that's what it ended up being was he just opened the door, but you know, got some good screen time out of it. Though. He did, no question. Uh, I will say this too, and, and this might be somewhat of a controversial opinion, but like the the entrance slash entrance video stuff. I mean, I, I heard a couple of people in the press box who were kind of like, "Eh, I don't really know what I think of this." In my opinion, as guys, I don't really, in my entire life, there's only one entrance, like, kind of sports thing that I can ever remember in terms of it just being that memorable to me is, like, the old Chicago Bulls when they were, you know, the Jordan Pippen era. You know, you had the Bulls running through the, the city, and then, you know, that announcer comes on and announces the team. But, like, overall, I'm not someone who really remembers team entrances. I mean, I remember certain things before a game, like, you know, covering Auburn. I mean, they have an eagle that flies around the stadium. I mean, that's pretty memorable. But And when K-State played there, they didn't fly the eagle. No, it was disappointing because they had the wires up for the cameras. Oh, no. <clears throat> and oh, I hate they were afraid it would get to experience that. Cut the eagle in half because I, yeah. the, the wires ran right through its flight path. Man. The thing that seemed weird to me about yeah. Saturday was I, uh, I was actually going into it more eager to see the pregame stuff just because that's what we'd seen. So mm-hmm. the same process for, for so long. I kind of thought once the football started, it would be kind of dull at that point. But it's kind of the reverse. I was actually underwhelmed with what they did before the game. But then when it started, there were so many more different things and everybody was having so much more fun than we've seen in the past. That actually was my biggest takeaway was seeing the the, the players on the field having fun, the players on the sideline mm-hmm. having fun, the fans having more fun. It just mm-hmm. seemed like everything was more jacked up. You know, yes. there were, just what there, I was going to say. There were the, the biggest, the one moment I remember was there was a time, I don't remember who scored a touchdown, but somebody scored a touchdown and somebody, one of the social media photographers was down there with camera and like eight players stopped what they were doing and ran over and were taking the camera to look at the stuff and were you know high-fiving about it and stuff and i was joking that snyder would have cut all eight of them <laughs> last year for doing that. and now it's encouraged so yeah. I, it, it's great i love it and it wasn't like the baylor baylor enthusiasm on the sidelines it was i just i would call it controlled enthusiasm that's you know every time k-state scored a touchdown who's the first guy out at the numbers chris Kleiman. yep um you know, defensively, he was. You know, when Casey did something defensively, he'd he'd get out there as well. So that's exactly what I was going to say. The the controlled enthusiasm is what stood out to me, and, and good for the kids. They were having a great time. Uh, I know. I just want to jump in for one second. I know last week Kellis asked one question. No, actually, it was you. And then you're like, "Oh, I don't want to get take over your role as moderator." But I did have one question for him for that it. I'm just interested in. Go for it. Did your job at all change? Was it different for you compared to like? What it would have been under previous years with Snyder, oh, yeah. or oh, well, I just I'm just curious uh, to hear what. How sweet was that yeah. post game interview? That's what I want to know. It, uh, it, I I went into the game, Ryan, um, from my binoculars, thinking, you know, what's this going to be like? Mm-hmm. Just like every like yeah. the fans, you know, what's it going to be like? I didn't pay a lot of close attention to all the pregame stuff. Some of it, I was I was fired up to see Doc come flying over. Uh, I totally missed bill. that. Oh, it was, it was I totally cool. forgot about it. It was mm. cool. Yeah. Um, and then to see the picture right above the stadium that they took. But um, I don't want to say there's more. there was more leniency for what I do because there, some of the principles will remain the same. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to walk up to Connor Riley and the offensive lineman huddle and just stand there and listen. Yeah. That's a no-no. I'm not going to do that. But – it was it was different. The if there was one thing, and I, I'm I'm going back a while, 
if there was one thing that Ron Prince did right, that after the ball games we had a quick interview with him before he went up to the the media room. Same with Chris Kleiman now. It's awesome. It's quick. He comes right out of the locker room. We're right there, and then we can knock out a couple of players. It helps our what we do on the radio side move, and it's, I don't know, I'll call it intimate. It was yeah. nice to nice to do that and you know coming out of the locker room for the third quarter to talk to coach for a couple minutes as well well i have to think the other thing would be too right that that now you actually could check in to see about the injury stuff correct mm-hmm. i have to think that was something you weren't allowed to do before now you're like oh trainer just told me you know scott france who had the injury that he ended up coming back from in the second half uh, i'm sure that like last year you wouldn't have maybe been allowed to even ask i would or? have been using my own judgment okay so Saturday night, I knew Durham wasn't yeah. going to come back because they took his helmet, mm-hmm. and I figured just by watching France that he would come back and play. But mm-hmm. yeah, Coach yeah. said right before the second half, he'll he'll definitely play. And from our standpoint, Kellis and Ryan, thank you for letting me ask that. By the way, I was just oh, curious. This this is oh, that's a good question. Yeah, well, so, I just, well yeah. somebody laughed after, or somebody was bragging in the press conference afterwards. They're like, "Whoa, did you just hear Chris Kleiman?" Gave Matt an interview on the radio. How awesome was that? I'm like, oh, well, now he does what every other coach exactly. in the country does. So. <laughs> coach, now, Coach to his defense, years ago, Coach Snyder used to do it. He did? Oh, okay. And then I could just tell it, it wasn't me. He just – what really bothered him is when he had TV first because – Coach doesn't stop. Coach doesn't stand still. And you could t- I could tell TV person after TV person, don't stop. Just walk with him. So, yeah, it's it's fun. Coach Snyder just got worn out with it all. I mean, that, <laughs> wasn't, that wasn't near the priority list. Yeah. And when we requested players for postgame, they showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. no crossing off players. There wasn't even a list, I was told. They just walked back and said, we need you, 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 and you. And they said, okay. Nice. It's it was all refreshing. I think uh, from our standpoint, professionally, it was refreshing. But mostly for the players and fans, it was a whole new experience and yet a familiar experience. Matt, Kellis, you've been here quite a while too. But Matt, we both remember when it was rolling, when K State football was really going. That stadium reminded me of that in the first half. It reminded me of those old Bill Snyder games when he'd come out, and it didn't matter who the opening opponent was. His boot was going to be on your throat at halftime. And then typically they had deferred and got the ball to start the second half, and it just made it worse. Mm -hmm. It reminded me so much of that. It was new but familiar, and was almost like a perfect compromise of old and new. I just thought it was systematic and I mean, there weren't 35, 40-yard plays. It was just bang, 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 bang right down the field. Bang, 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 bang right down the field. You know, the A.J. Parker pick helped matters. I K-State played better than I thought they would. They're, I expected a multitude of mistakes, and there really there weren't any. There were a few, but not. I thought the tackling might be a question. K-State did a pretty good job of that. It was, it was just cleaner, crisper, and more tidied up than I thought it would be. I agree. It was the first half was, was fun. almost flawless. I mean, if Schoen holds on to that touchdown pass, it is flawless. It really is. Thirty-five nothing. That the third quarter left a bit to be desired, but I mean, at, at that point, you're up that big. You, mm-hmm. That's understandable. That, but. that was almost a good learning experience for him. You know, they go in twenty-eight nothing and come out and let a for the first glimpse you saw Nichols was a pretty decent football team. That's a that's a good FCS team. Uh, I mean, that's one of the better ones around. 
uh, and they look like it on that drive. But you could almost see, see the team like, oh, we got to keep playing. And then they got back after it. And it was uh, the whole thing was refreshing. I'm, I'm very happy for the fan base because it had, I, you always want to walk this line and not be um, negative about Coach Snyder, but everything had kind of just gotten stale. It was the same stuff over and over, and there just wasn't the energy, and the energy was back. Let's talk. Let's talk about the game a little bit. I think that's probably important. The thing that you just mentioned, Fitz, mm-hmm. that's the one thing on tape from that game that I think everybody's going to look at, and that is it kind of harkens back to last year's in case they got popped up the middle. They got hit. Nichols ran on him right up the gut. We're going to see more people do that, or at least attempt to do that, I think. Yeah, that was the one negative I, I noticed and we talked about on our postgame podcast was they were able to bend back the nose a little bit more than I thought they would and, and get into the middle of that defense. And when you're playing a light defense on the back end, that causes you problems really quick. If, you, if they get past that first line. Because there are a lot better offensive lines than K-State's going to see. Absolutely. Bigger, faster, stronger offensive lines. That's it just it was weird looking at those defensive stats. Like I don't know that I've ever been, maybe this is harsh, but less impressed with numbers like that. Only give up 14 points, not very much yardage overall, but their average play was pretty good. I'm not really quite sure how they were so effective on defense other than, the, other than the, that just Nichols was on the field for so little time. They only got, what did they get, 40? Was it 47 41 plays? 41, 41 plays. 41. Yeah, that's, what, what was the third down well, conversions, Matt? You got it right there. Third down conversions, one of six Nichols. K-State, a ridiculous 10 of 12. That was the game. That, really, yeah. that mm-hmm. sums it up. Didn't and, matter what yardage Nichols was in. They weren't converting third down. And what could K-State not do a year ago? Convert could those. not convert on third down at all. It was it was crazy. Uh, we thought Skylar Thompson would be different. You know, we we've noticed a difference in him off the field, and everyone said he's going to be different on the field. Kelsey, that was a different quarterback. Yeah, different quarterback, different system. Uh, they combined for really good results. Um, I mean, you, what even with the drops he had, he was over seventy percent completion percentage, sixteen of twenty-two. So to think of that and the fact that Malik Knowles drops two passes and Dalton Schoen drops two passes that all could have gone for touchdowns. I mean, just that. What, what's his rating if they catch those? Are you counting the overturn as a drop? Yes. Okay. okay. I mean, yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's not like tough. a blatant drop. I'm not going to yeah. say Sean should have caught it, but still, it was right there. At one point, the points were on the board, so he. It just shows you how much closer he was, and I was just glad to see him in a new system. You know, um, not having to run up the middle and do all these ridiculous uh, quarterback draws all the time. They actually let him throw the ball, and I mean, that was a dream start for him. He really only had, if you want to call it a bad throw, he only had one the entire night. I agree with that. Now, I I don't know if I would even call it a bad throw, just because I'm not sure Malik Knowles ran the route the way he should have. It was in the third quarter, south end zone, where you know Knowles was in the middle of the field and kind of bent a little. He didn't bend soon enough. I think it was supposed to be a skinny post, and he bent it inside. But right. That he, was the only time his passes exactly. uh, didn't hit somebody's hand yep. that night. Was anyone else's head spinning during the first drive trying to keep track of who was on the field? <laughs> it was yeah, it was pretty staggering. I was yes. I've never seen anything like that. There's, here comes another personnel set. Oh, Sammy Wheeler's in it. Ted didn't know he's playing receiver. They split him out. And then you got Trotter in the backfield. No, he split out. And you got the bowling ball, Jack Stanine coming in and he immediately runs a pass route. And it's like, well, this is this is insanity. What is happening? 
Well, it's funny. I think we all were trying to keep up with it on Twitter, you know, pointing out every new personnel change we saw. But after about the eighth <laughs> one, it's like, I, you know, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, gonna to be a long day if Waste I'm going to point out every single one. <laughs> Seven plays, 20 different plays. 20, yep. Craziness. Um, and you mentioned old school fits. Mm-hmm. The first drive, just like old school, 12 plays, 72 yards, six minutes and 15 seconds. Mostly running, but enough passing to have effect. But I got my way. First play of the climbing era was a handoff right up the up middle. The middle. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was basically what Bill Snyder would have called. I thought it was kind of funny because you could sense the whole crowd going, oh, crap. This is that looks exactly like before, <laughs> and then all hell broke loose, and people were running all over the field. And what what would your preferred first? That was it. I oh, wanted okay. that. I I just thought it's almost like a tip of the cap to Bill. I wanted the option. I would have loved a like a end around handoff to Joshua Youngblood, and then a pass to the opposite side. <laughs> That that would have been Ron Prince style. <laughs> That's Ron, Ron Prince. Um, yeah, it was it was something else. And and running back by committee, running back by committee, mm-hmm. not going to work. How's this going to work? Holy cow, did it work? You had four running backs get ten or more carries. That's that's nuts. And they all look legit. That none of that was manufactured competition. They all are. Function well together. They're a little bit different, each one of them. But well, well, well I'll, I'll just say that. I mean, and he scored, and kudos to him. All of them. That was their first, obviously, career touchdown at K State. But I will say that. I mean, Burns just kind of came in much later, yeah. so I'm not sure maybe how he. I think he's he's kind of down, you know, below the other yeah, three in terms of the actual depth chart. But I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see as the season goes on, like maybe because he's. I don't think we. I don't know if we mentioned him last week. I'll be honest. I don't know if we no, mentioned Tyler dude. Burns one time because I, we, we all were on the Joe Irvin train. I th- I thought we'd see Irvin in the backfield, but we didn't. And we will. I'm I think we, will. we still might. We will. I think he's the true, if they got in a pinch and actually needed somebody like right. this season, he's the guy they'd go with. So, so kudos to Tyler Burns. I don't want him and his family, if they're about. listening, if, if but they think the, I'm knocking him. That, not. that is a part of the Kleiman Messingham philosophy by using the committee. You would quite often see a fresh guy come in in the fourth quarter and just savage a defense because they're worn out and he's brand new, and it does that does work. Um, I was, it's funny. I went back and looked at the stats, and Gilbert was, you know, clearly what at one eighteen, um, one fifteen, one fifteen. I'm a liar, one fifteen, um, and yet I didn't think he looked that much better than everyone else. He just kind of had more opportunities. Uh, I, I don't no, know I mean, what to say about it. They, exactly. They went from no running backs to having a, a crew of them that they could all play. They really did. Well, I mean, and I've, I mean, I know I've written about it and talked about it with people before. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen any position group on any team I've ever covered more gutted than, than that running back group for, at, from the end of last season yeah. heading into now. And to see what they did Saturday is just, is just remarkable. Kudos to the offensive line. Yeah. Too. Oh, that my too. gosh. Yeah, you know, it's going to get a lot tougher. Certainly in two weeks it'll be a lot tougher. But that offensive line was moving them. It was, and it was a mismatch. But last few years the line would have mismatches and not be that effective. So I don't know what the difference is in what Connor Riley's getting them to do or how he's going about it, but it worked. That line looked really good. And, and, he, and he was able to play plenty of guys too. And we, But we saw the philosophy when – of playing different positions. 
Scott Franz goes down. They just shuffled some pieces, and boom, they're fine. They they still were using five of their top six linemen, and and they were just in some different spots. It was it was good to see. I I mean, uh, if there's one spot that needs to be cleaned up, it's that receiving core, which we all kind of knew. They, they you just can't have those drops. Well, your quarterback's playing that well. It's almost like errors in the field when your pitcher's doing really well and you keep bobbling the ball behind him. Uh, it just, it's going to bite you. It's going to come back. It, it did seem interesting to me that Skyler threw the ball and targeted receivers like he thought Malik Knowles was the number one guy. You could tell he kind of went out of his way to get the ball to him, and it's kind of interesting that it didn't work out a bunch because he would be open and he should have had two touchdowns and he didn't haul him in. And the like, like Matt said, maybe he ran the wrong route on the one time where Skyler misfired, but... Um, yeah, that's definitely – if there's one weakness on the offensive line right now – on the entire offense right now, receiver. But it takes pressure off when they're going to throw the ball so much to running backs and tight ends. That Watching them manipulate the defense as a football guy was really refreshing. And, and that, too, reminded me of old Bill Snyder. I'm going to move my pieces around because then you're going to move your pieces around – and then checkmate. And then, yeah, I've got your your pieces where I want them. And I, I didn't really feel like they even had as much just misdirection as they typically Mm-mm. did at North Dakota no. State either. So that's still to come. I had a couple people say, don't fall for uh, everything's on the table. We're not going to be vanilla. That was their version of vanilla. That they didn't show nearly what they're going to show. They just put enough out there. And it was fairly simple by their schemes what they did i was gonna say kellis uh the the one other thing you could say that took away from me almost perfect first half was the the missed field goal by blake lynch not that i'm worried about him but that was his only opportunity on the night and and, he and, didn't, and devin ankle didn't even get the punt, yeah, didn't even so. get a punt. i mean the special teams is just in the toilet right now but like i said with all the <laughs> touchdowns the ankle got to really state his case for the mortel award quite a few times well that's true that's, that's nice yeah you did an excellent job holding. Oh, I'd say perfect. I would say <laughs> Kansas State has one of the more from, athletic, from an outsider's perspective. I would, I would say it looked as good as I've ever seen. Uh, one of the more athletic punter holders in the country because that guy can. That guy's a good athlete. I and I just know they've got something planned for that too. I mean, it, it's not your typical punter back there. Well, Nick Walsh was a pretty good athlete mm-hmm. himself, but and a singer. Yes, he is. It's a very good singer. Um, let's just take a break. Let's uh, go to a break real quick. Kellis has got to take off. He's got other things besides talking to us. I, I don't know why. I mean, we seem to be nice enough fellas, but Kellis seems to think he has work to do. Well, family's got some oh Labor Day plans. That I'll accept. <laughs> A.K.A. a cookout. That that will be over. We'll, we'll all be over and there goes your party right there. All right. Matt well, Fitz we're, we're, shows up. We're moving the address then. <laughs> this is the Powercat Insiders Podcast on GoPowerCat.com. Kellis is out. Matt and Ryan and I will be right back. Stay locked in. The Powercat Podcast will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. We're back on the PowerCat Insiders podcast, GoPowerCat.com. We kicked Kellis out. Now we're going to talk about him. It's Labor Day. I appreciate you guys coming in. Oh, yeah, of course. That's awesome. Um, My cat was furious, but he'll be fine. I fed him. What is your cat's name? Uh, Sonny. Sonny the cat. Sonny. Do you ever call him that? Like the song? Is that too old? You don't know that song? Okay. Mm. Okay. I don't want to say no. What kind of cat? He's like he's like an orange tabby cat. Okay. Yeah. A feral wild cat. Yeah. Well, he, I did adopt him, so I guess you could say he is somewhat. But I've tamed him. Did you adopt him here, or did he? Come oh with no, you? he came. He came from Georgia. Does he have a southern accent too? No, a southern that is meow. A, that is a, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I guess it'd be a drawl. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that was a good answer. Our sponsor Let's not get so far off track. It's Commerce Bank. Here's Matt. Life <laughs> is full of big moments, or I should say life is full of moments, both big and small. Commerce Bank has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your way. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. I'm out of topics. Um, no, the defense, we just didn't the, get, get there's much. There's one you didn't get into on the offensive side. Bring it on. John Holcomb. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, I don't even need to say I'm sure it's in there. Uh, oh. There's upside there. I just hope between the years it happens. But him running the football took me back, probably took both of you back as well. That's that's a nice weapon potentially this year. That's going to be a goal line weapon. I don't see any way that – that's not your wildcat quarterback if you want to use that. If they're it could also be a weapon, I think, if you're if you've got the football and let's say you're around midfield and there's four minutes to go. Nothing nothing against obviously Brown and Gilbert and K State's running backs, but if you're trying to salt the game away, maybe and you and you haven't shown it really in a big game, let that get you a couple of first downs and ice it. Yep. Yeah, uh, you know, when we see him in practice or the interviews, he's a big dude. There's no doubt. When you see him in full pads at the quarterback position carrying the ball, that's frightening. Mm-hmm. That, that has to be frightening for Especially a defense. Especially if he gets to the next level. If he's getting by the linebackers, hello corners, hello safeties, they don't want, to, they don't want any part of that. Oh, so the other thing I think gives you the potential forwards, if you, know, you ever want to run any kind of trick plays where you split him out wide – Throw it to him, and then you just kind of go from there with whatever you're wanting to do on that play. That's right. I mean, there's so much we have to learn yet about how they're going to use their players, use their systems, and will they do two quarterbacks on the field at once? I don't feel like anything's off the table with this bunch. And it's not like they're going to be – it's not like it's gimmicky at all. What they did on Saturday was very traditional football. 
um, it just, it's so odd to see it. It seems gimmicky. You don't see that anymore. The shifting, the tight ends, the fullbacks. There were times when they let the play clock get down to three or two, and then there were times where they snapped it with 16, 17 seconds on the clock. Did I say shot clock? No, you okay. said the clock. Okay, play well, clock. You you went back and then said shot clock, so I've, then you caused yeah, a mistake. Yeah, you did, technically. Then, yeah, you did say okay, it. No. I hope I didn't say shot clock, but it just that's why I used the words crisp and clean. The first half was, you know, there was good communication in and out of the huddle. Let's get to the line of scrimmage. The, the only issue that I really saw on uh, on the sideline at times, which, again, you expect, were personnel groupings. That, that first time out was called, I think, because Mason Barter was supposed to be out on the field and wasn't. But that was really the only issue I thought was per, some personnel grouping. That's kind of funny. They ran into the line on the first play. And then they have to call a timeout because something got screwed up. I'm like, oh, this, this nothing's different here. And then all it just it, everything was and different after clicked. that. I have to say this. I, I've watched a lot of football in my life, and I'm the son of a football coach, so I know a little bit about football. I was too big of a wuss to actually play. Honestly, it, it hurt to play. Carry on. Uh, and uh, But that subtle little thing they did with the tight end fullback shift where the fullback would line up at tight end, the tight end would line up at fullback, and then they'd switch ends. You know, then the tight end goes up to the other end of the line. The fullback goes back to the fullback spot. You just shift the weight of your offense without moving a player all the way across the field, which is what the defense has to do. It was, it's subtle, it's beautiful, and it messed with nickels. Now it's on film, but you still have to account for it. You still have to figure out how you're going to move a player suddenly when the weight of the offense shifts your strong side goes flipping instantly right before they snap the ball. It was little things like that were just so elegant and well thought out. And we just saw the very tip of the iceberg. Well, and and to your point on that, Fitz, about the, you know, okay, now it's on film, so teams are going to know how to, I don't want to say stop it, but know how to prepare for it and game plan. But that's where, and, and, you know, to use that word that's so cliche for football, but it's like where execution comes down to it, right? Is it, I mean, teams know that, you know, whoever it may be is going to run the ball 50 times. But, like, if you don't know how to – you know, if you can't physically stop it, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I can know what's coming, and I'm certainly not going to be able to stop it because I'm not, you know, physically of the kind of stature that's going to be able to do that. But at the end of the day, if you if you can execute it well enough, it doesn't really matter if the other team knows what's coming. I'm not sure we're going to see much added to the palette this weekend because nope. Bowling Green might be – even though they had a nice win and their first, it was impressive, they might be a lesser opponent. Yeah. I That's think Nichols might probably That's honest, would beat the truth. <clears throat> um, You want to talk defense. Yeah, but uh, I guess where I'm going with this is I think when they go to Mississippi State, we're going to see some things come out, including mm-hmm. a three running back formation. They showed the triangle, but they will show that with all three running backs, the, the top three guys. Maybe we'll see the T. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. I haven't seen that in color. We haven't seen it in hmm, – can't tell you how long. Well, wait, I just do want to make one more point for you. I guess we move to the defense is that, and I actually tweeted this right at the beginning of the game, is I'm so thankful. Probably in my entire life, I've never been more happy I didn't end up writing a story because I was going to write this story about, you know, based off the depth chart last week, we thought that Joaquin Gill had won a starting job and that Malik Knowles was going to be Dalton Schoen's backup. 
Blakeen Gill is not out there on the first play, doesn't register a catch in the game. And I'm like, well, I'm glad I did not, you know, really yeah. light him up and, and just brag all over him. And then people are like, wow, that he looked really stupid, Ryan. Would, would we have ever thought Landry Weber would be a starter? How about that, was, that? And that really, to me, that wasn't about this guy or that guy earned it. It was this is the first yep. play call and this is the personnel that goes with it. And, and then, part of that was because Joaquin Gill is dinged up. <clears throat> there we go. Oh. Look at that. That's, hey, that's, why, just, that's why we invite you. I mean, he, he's... Got a little, little bit of news but in I would, the podcast. I would compare it to, like, Scott France. I mean, when France left the field on Saturday, he didn't take the Gator. I mean, that's just... That's my assumption is uh, that, that he's dinged up. I mean, he was out there during pregame warm-ups, but when France left the field, he walked into the locker room, came back out. I mean, it looked to me like Gill was moving okay. My guess is that he's just not at a hundred percent. That's why he didn't play in that game. Okay, he, so that's a guess. That's not a. That's just okay. that's just a guess right. on my part. All right. Well, I, defensively we didn't see much. Yeah, I mean they just they didn't have much opportunity. Uh, Forty plays, forty-one plays. That's just that's craziness. Yeah. Um, I mean, they really they had a couple touchdown drives, but. I felt sorry for the Nichols offense. They just it's hard to come back if you're not on the freaking field and they just weren't on the field. It's twenty eight nothing. Think about that. K State scored more points in the first half than they ran plays. It was insane. And they didn't have their best running back, which that didn't help matters at all for them. Yep. Um I give that to I give Nichols credit. I mean, we see it all the time. Not to totally go off course here, but They've played at least one FBS team. Usually they play two. They've done that since nineteen or since two thousand five. They gotta get the paycheck. Um, you know, there's there's some FCS teams that don't mind taking it for the team, so to speak, but uh still as much as they've done it, you know, kudos to them. Georgia yeah. State wasn't satisfied with that. They took the money and won. Uh exactly. Sorry about that, Tennessee. That uh, can't mess around with these yeah, teams anymore. Can't. You and just look, can't mess around with it. And them. look at the first three games of the day Saturday in the Big 12. KU fortunate to get out mm-hmm. against Indiana State. Um, Iowa or Iowa State goes to they should have lost. triple overtime. Yep. They got a very fortuitous play at the end of overtime number three with the fumble. They mm-hmm. punch it in. I still don't know how he got that ball. Northern, I know. That was, boy, Brock Purdy <laughs> got on that quickly. And then. Um, what was the James Madison? West James Virginia. Madison, yeah. I mean, they've they've given West Virginia some fits over the years. Well, let's let's talk about this. The the fact that Las Vegas established Kansas State as a twenty three and a half point favorite, I thought they were crazy. Uh, but West Virginia was a single point favorite over James Madison. Now I bring that up for the, this fact that indicates to me Las Vegas bought Chris Kleiman. They believed in Chris Kleiman because that's the only explanation you could have for that spread because Nichols could be the best of the group that played. Nichols might be the best FBS team to have played a Big 12 team on Saturday. Might be. We'll see how the season plays out. I would say probably James Madison. Though. Yeah, James I feel, Madison. I feel be like up outside there. North Dakota State, they've maybe been the best FCS program out there the last decade. The only other one I would throw out there is Eastern Washington. Yeah, Eastern right. Washington. And as well. they got plowed by Washington. Yep. But the last couple of times they'd played the Huskies, 
both games were decided by less than a touchdown. And one of them had a combined, I think it was 111 points. So Eastern Washington, there, there's a handful. You've got North Dakota State, mm-hmm. Eastern Washington, the Dukes of James Madison. Yeah. Uh, Nichols is up there. Um, and there are probably a couple others we're leaving out. But Nichols is going to have a good season. You watch. Oh, South, yeah. South Dakota State. South Dakota, yeah. Both the, well, really, all the Dakota schools, really. Yeah, but as it turns out, South Dakota, the team K-State played last year, was the least of the Dakota schools. Mm-hmm. They weren't very good last South year. South Dakota State's usually better than South Dakota. And, yeah, South Dakota State, I mean, the heck, they only lost by a touchdown mm-hmm. to Minnesota. Maine. Maine's typically Maine. How come all these really cold-weather schools are good in FCS? It's just interesting. Yeah. Defensively, uh, they didn't. They said they were going to do everything they wanted to do. They weren't going to hold anything back, but boy, they held stuff back. They just didn't do much. They they didn't do much stunting. They brought some blitzes, but you know, they there was just no purpose in it. Once they got that quick fourteen nothing lead, I mean, the poor Colonels had run two plays and they're down fourteen nothing. Uh, why? Why show much yep. on defense? Didn't have to. Didn't have to. So we still. There's some questions there. You mentioned the first half. They they've got a problem in the middle that they they had to go they were gonna have to go solve that. I don't know why. That shouldn't be a problem. They should be pretty good in the middle. But they were getting bent back pretty good and and uh I thought they moved you know, when, when Nichols did score, they were moving around K State's linebackers with motion and stuff and getting them out of position and that just left the vacated middle. There just wasn't no one there. So that's gonna be a problem. We still don't know about that secondary, but I like the posture they took. They just looked like at the snap of the ball, they wanted to be on the offense, if that makes sense. The defense wanted to control the game, as opposed to the past years where the defense had gotten so passive, it was just impossible. for. I, I can't imagine the mentality of that defense in the past where you're constantly letting people complete passes, complete passes, complete passes. And this time they were like, you know what? We're going to just stop you. You're getting off the field, and we're going to go sit over there and rest. They're like, come my way. I want to make the play. And Jonathan Alexander, welcome to the Big 12. Um, That looked like an old-school play. Oh, you're going to show me the ball? Here, I'll just take it from you. Yeah, no, that was, that was uh, I think, the highlight of the second half, to be honest with you. Uh, maybe you guys would disagree. I think that was the, the play that I'll certainly remember the most going forward. It was, it was a fun day. It was a fun day at the Bill, uh, and Whitney Snyder had a remarkable, remarkable photo of her father standing there overlooking the field. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was really cool. Uh, and I opened our network broadcast by – in essence, just saying, this is the house that Bill built. Coach, thank you. Yeah, you're, we haven't. You're not on the sidelines, but thank you. This is this is because of you. It, it everything in due time, due course. All of it's because of him, uh, and yet it was time to move on. And by all outward appearances, moving on is is going to be okay. But we have to pause and say it's one game. It is. Yeah. It is. It's one game. If in a couple of weeks we're doing a show about a third victory, all hell's going to break loose in Wildcat Nation. If they can go down to Mississippi State and win. But even that, that's getting greedy. Even that, if they just go down there 
and acquit themselves in a better manner than the team did last year yep. on the home field, that will be encouraging. And, and let's just be, I mean, that, that Mississippi State team this year is not the one that came no. here last year. No. You, you could watch the NFL draft and understand yeah. that, A, that was a really good team K-State played talent-wise, and B, they lost a lot of really good players. Yeah, the defensive line is not going to be anywhere near near as, as ferocious as it was last year. I had a post game caller that was very excited after that, and you know this is kind of the measuring stick. And I said, "No, it's not. Wait two weeks. I mean, Mississippi State is not what we saw last year, but still, you're going there. It could be 93 degrees yep. and 93 percent humidity, and that's that's the measuring stick right now. How, well, how what K State does that day down in Starkville will be will give us much better of an idea what they're going to be like this season. Well, and like I mean, it'll be the very first road game under Chris Kleiman and his coaching staff and the whole, you know, you guys will be ready to talk and write a lot about the whole cowbell stuff at Mississippi State. Such a big deal that they clang them all the time during the game. So that'll be something. But I like to, I honestly think that the Oklahoma State game will, will be a bigger one just because like I, said, I just I don't think as much of Mississippi State this year. But like I said, you can never downplay the fact that hey, it is the first road game. It's going to be at an SEC opponent. Should be a sold out game. So it'll be it'll be a great test. I'm just saying that I think in terms of just the quality of the teams, I think you know Oklahoma State will, will be a, a better barometer. Just in my opinion, we, Off- we can we can disagree. Offensively, yes. Defensively, I'm not sure they gave up 36 in Corvallis. They're going to have problems with KSH running game. Mm-hmm. They really are. They're using a three four. I don't think three fours fit the college game unless Marcus Watts texted me watching that game and said, unless you're Alabama or Clemson and you're getting NFL-level talent, you cannot run a 3-4 in college. You just don't have the horses right. to do mm-hmm. it. And it's hard to run in the NFL. you got to have the right guys in the NFL. So I think K-State's running game is going to really give Oklahoma State. They've built their defense around. I'm going to give them problems. they built their defense around the spread, stopping Oklahoma to some degree, but they also have a running game. And they looked all right. Hmm. If K-State goes to Starkville and wins, Oklahoma State's going to be thinking, hmm, because remember what Skylar Thompson did to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in case they gets the week off. I would say in case they gets the week off. I, I'm telling you guys, I, I just got to think that um, a lot of people who voted in that poll and picked K-State ninth watched that game and watch not just the dominance, but the efficiency and with, with which they played. Two penalties, no turnovers. Mm-hmm. Played a lot of guys and got to be going, well, maybe let's, I should have voted them a little bit see. higher. Yeah. And uh, But, again, we come back to one game, yeah. 11 more to go. This is a long journey. But so far, everything Chris Kleiman is doing seems to be working. The team is loose, the team is confident, and the team is really, really united. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Right. And just to, again, piggyback off that, uh, yeah, okay, it's just one week, but, uh, man, you know, talking to all the players and coordinators and coaches, that didn't seem to, to just give away a lot of info to the opponent. No. So the media... Opening up the media access didn't seem to, like I said, give give Nichols the right game plan. I know, it's, it's shocking. I know it's it's Clemson's won national championships being a fairly open program. Can you believe that? Uh, he, wow, it's possible. It's it. What strikes me as ironic is the fact that Bill Snyder created all these systems to limit distractions, and in a way, 
that in itself became yeah. a distraction. Yeah. That it just was so rigid, it became a problem for the program, an annoyance. Well, and, and I know Snyder was not as much about this as some of these other college coaches are, but but, but I've always, and this is just something I strongly, strongly, strongly believe, I'm not going to go on a rant, but I'll just say that so many of these college coaches, you know, they go to these recruits' homes and they want to talk about, hey, I'm going to get you prepared for the NFL, just look at my track record. So many of these coaches then don't let these players talk to the media. Well, hold on. Exactly. Hold on, guys. What's one of the commitments of an NFL player? Exactly. They got to talk to the media. So I want to know these coaches. How, how how is that preparing this young man to go into the NFL? Or life? Yeah. Or life. I mean, that is one of the greatest skills you can develop as a player is to be able to sit there and answer questions and do so intelligently and you know not reveal too much. It's kind of an art you need to learn. So it's just something I feel strongly about. That's all. Well, when people when people ask me. Who are my favorite players? It's easy to rattle off the Bishops, the Kleins, the uh, Darnell McDonalds, the Darren Sproles. But the guys uh, that showed up when it was good and the same guys that showed up when it was bad, guys like Ben Lieber. You mentioned you mentioned him earlier, Fitz. The, the guys that, whether they were a captain or, or not, they may have not been a captain and still been a leader, but when they showed up, when they pounded somebody, and then if they got kicked in the backside themselves, they were the first guys there. They didn't miss any of that. Yep. Ian Campbell was that way. Mm-hmm. And wow. I know that was something I did appreciate about Snyder was, was saying, that, well, hey, guys, I'm not going to necessarily make you make you go, but you know, if you're going to go when we win, you, you, know, you need to go talk to the media when you lose too, which I appreciate. I agree. Well, we'll reconvene next week, hopefully after another impressive victory. It should be. This time we don't have to stay up late to cover it. We get to go to bed early, Ryan. That's well, become important to me. Well, I was saying maybe we'll just bring in Kelly for the second half next week. He can uh, just come in at three, you know, some other later time so we can just do the half and half. I am going to dock him half of his pay. You should. Can I take it? Yes, you can split it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 go paracat bucks. They can be spent in our store. We don't have a store, but that's how that works. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Powercat Insiders Podcast brought to you by Commerce Bank. We'll be back next week, and we will feature Kellis Robinette doing one of the Commerce Reads. Maybe. But we'll see. It's very exciting. If he, if he shows up. It's very, very exciting. You've been listening to the Powercat Insiders Podcast presented by Commerce Bank. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.